back here it's it's been a long time i know that last time i said we were going to do this more often and i wanted guests and then we had guests and things didn't work and then i got mad and so i pouted and now i'm back and i'm not pouting anymore we're going to do this on tuesdays we're going to do this on fridays john Heyman will be with us uh hopefully every friday most fridays kind of depends what's going on but we'll be here i have a new co-host that i'll introduce shortly but first i want to get right into what my my take of the day here is going to be coming off the the trade deadline and a lot of it is being made of course with the Dodgers and what they did um the Nationals the Cubs all these teams made moves to get better the one team that really didn't make a big move to get better was the Houston Astros and they're the best team in the American League they are the the Dodgers of the American League where you look at their team and it's like you know what they're going to make the playoffs they're really good do they have to make a huge move well, you can look at the rotation. You can say, hey, they need another starting pitcher because behind Dallas Keuchel, behind Lance McCullers, you really want that third starter in a playoff series. You can look at their bullpen like you can with any bullpen and say, we'd like to get an upgrade there. But to do that, it would have been expensive. All they, would, all they went and did was get Francisco Liriano, and that can actually be a smart move if it works out. If Liriano is the lefty specialist that they need and can get lefties out, I'm not saying that, that Zach Britton is only a left-handed specialist, but they got Liriano for virtually nothing. They traded Teoscar Hernandez. Is that his name? They traded Teoscar Hernandez, who a lot of people think is just a fourth outfielder, has fourth outfielder tools, whatever. They trade Aoki. Um, dump his contract and, and work out a swap there. And, and they get a guy who they believe can be effective against left-handers. Then with, with Ken Giles, uh, Chris Davinsky, and the rest of that bullpen, did they really have to get a Zach Britton and give up those pieces to get him? Maybe that becomes a move in the offseason. Who knows? Starting pitching-wise, if they didn't feel like Sonny Gray was the perfect fit, then I don't fault them for not going out and giving up three of their top 10 or top 15 guys to get them. I think a lot of people look at Sonny Gray as a, a number two. A lot of people look at Sonny Gray as a number three. He's not necessarily that big front-end guy where you're, you want to give up a ton for him. Now, the Astros only need a number two or a number three in that situation, but if it wasn't the right fit, then the really isn't a need to go out and make it happen and force it to happen and just do something to do something. So I look at the Cubs. When they got Chapman, Chapman was kind of the perfect piece that they needed. They didn't really need starting pitching because their starting pitching was really good last year. There wasn't necessarily a position that they needed filled because they had that all covered. And so when you looked at the one thing that they needed, it was – they need a dominant reliever. Chapman was that guy, so they paid a high price for him. Was Sonny Gray the perfect piece for Houston? Don't know. Was Zach Britton the perfect piece for Houston? Don't know. But you look at the American League in, in the coming years, and I just don't think it's going to be very good. I think the Yankees might take a step back next year. 
with questions in their rotation, uh, questions with how their young guys perform. Um, will you get the same Aaron Judge next year? Will those young guys take a step back? Will the young guys that come up not quite be ready? You know, there's still a lot of questions there. Uh, the, Royal, the Royals are going to take a step back. The Indians could take a step back. Um, so I think the American League, especially next year, is going to be all about the Astros. So maybe in the offseason for a Garrett Cole, that makes more sense. Uh, maybe next trade deadline, it, there's a better fit. You know, I think holding your prospects and not making a deal doesn't make sense, but waiting for the right time and the right moment is important. So I think I think Jeff Lunau needs the benefit of the doubt in this case. I know that some people want to say maybe he's gun-shy after the trade with Milwaukee where he got Mike Fires, he got Carlos Gomez, and gave up Brett Phillips, gave up uh, Domingo Santana, Josh Hader, who are all doing pretty well in, in Milwaukee. So I think that they have to make a move at some point. If it wasn't the right move right now, I think that's okay. Um, they have a, a long window here, and I know that people like to joke about it, but the sustained success thing is uh, – is real. If, you, if you're in there, you have a shot. So I want to bring in Chris Schubert. He hosts a radio show out here in Phoenix, works for FanRack Sports, FanRack Sports Radio. Chris, what do you think of the Astros and what they did and didn't do? I think a lot of what they did, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be a part of this. Also, a little podcasting tip. If you're looking for help with pronunciation on a name, don't look to your guests that you haven't introduced yet. Whatever. Just saying. Just a little bit of advice for you going forward. But I'm happy to be here. I think a lot of what the Astros needed would have been tough to find for them, right? They needed another starting pitcher, and the asking price for Hugh Darvish up up until about, what, 20 minutes before the deadline was relatively high for two and a half months of a guy, and I just don't know if the Astros were willing to do that. Jose Quintana, the Cubs did something where they struck early, right? Just like the Diamondbacks did with J.D. Martinez. I thought those two teams did a really nice job of identifying, hey, we need something. Let's go get it before it gets crazy. Let's go get it before price tags are all over the place. We're not able to gauge the market. Let's set the market for everybody else and have them judge what we did instead of us trying to figure out what to do based on what other teams are doing. The one thing I think is really interesting is Garrett Cole was a guy to me that I thought made a lot of sense for the Astros. And I think the Pirates staying somewhat close in the standings over the last maybe month or so while, while they didn't have Starling Marte. And they kept themselves relevant enough to where at the deadline they didn't find themselves to needing to be sellers and completely sell off. I think that had a major impact because I think Garrett Cole's a guy that they would have spent the prospects for, went out, paid for now, and a guy that they would have beyond this season. And the Pirates staying relevant kind of took a big name off the board for them. Then Quintana was gone, and they were just kind of left holding their hands, like saying, I don't know what to do. And if you look at Darvish and what the, the Dodgers gave up, Willie Calhoun is a, a really good player, uh, can be a really good player, uh, a really, really good hitter. He's got that part figured out. But when you look at Calhoun, I feel like that was the trade chip that made perfect sense for the Dodgers because he doesn't play second base very well. Maybe he can play left field, but really you're kind of forcing him into a position to get his bat in the lineup. He fits much better in the American League. So when you look at the Dodgers, it's kind of like with the Cubs and Candelario, who they gave up for Justin Wilson. Mm -hmm. Playing third base and first base, it almost doesn't matter how good he is. There's nowhere for him to go. Right, so and that gives you with, an asset to move. Right, so the same thing with Calhoun gave the Dodgers that piece that they can give up. He was a trade piece no matter what. You might as well use him there. 
with the Astros, I feel like a lot of their upper tier prospects, uh, Kyle Tucker, Derek Fisher, I mean, even a Derek Fisher, who some people can say, well, he's an outfielder and they have a ton of outfielders. Derek Fisher might be the one that works out. You don't know if a Kyle Tucker is going to work out. You don't know who's going to work out there. And Derek Fisher has the tools that some scouts say they're, you know, will he only be a fourth outfielder? Will he make it? And some others say, yeah, he's he's a safe pick. He's going to make it. So the, the, the prospects that the Astros would have had to give up, I feel like would have been safer and had a, a better chance to help this Astros team than what the Dodgers gave up for Darvish. Oh, oh, credit to the Dodgers because they didn't have to part with Verdugo. They didn't have to part with Bueller. They did a really nice job of not budging on that idea of trading those two top guys, and they ended up settling on Calhoun as a guy they can build this package around and that it would work for them. Here's the other thing. The Dodgers are in a very different spot than the Astros. Would you not agree that the Dodgers are more all-in than the Astros are at this point? Yeah, I think the Astros, I think the window... Are they still trying to figure themselves out? Because that's the way I look at it. Like, they're good, but they they missed the playoffs last year. Like, they're, they're still trying to figure out, hey, this is what the roster looks like. Here's where we need to add. There are a lot of young talent. And, yeah, there are some guys that we know are good. But they're still trying to figure out what the right combination of guys is that they feel is best long term. So I don't necessarily mind them holding off on prospects for a little while while they try to figure out where they're at. I think, I think the Astros window is just starting. I think that they have the guys in place now that they know or have a much better idea. I mean, look around. At third base, you know Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa are going to be the left side. You mm-hmm. know Jose Altuve is going to be there. Maybe only for two more years or however his deal's left. Who knows if, if they let him walk being a, a Scott Boris guy. Um, first base, I think you you could use a long-term answer there. I mean, you still have Marwin Gonzalez, who has been a great utility player. Um, and outfield-wise, I, I think you're relatively set. So I think that they have their core now. I think that their window might be a, a year or two um, – wider than let's say the Dodgers than the Dodgers because okay. the Dodgers do have some older players um although the Dodgers have all the money in the world you, you don't I just think that the Dodgers window has been open for a couple of years now and the Astros are just kind of getting into it so that's the other part where they're not in the same spot as the Dodgers kind of like you just said where okay we might only have one two three more years and, and with a Bellinger coming up with Verdugo uh, I mean, it helps. It gives them a chance to, to keep that window open longer, but right. they're unknowns. And does it does it also impact your thought process at all that the Cubs are starting to play well in the National League? The Nationals made some moves at the deadlines. They're playing better. Their bullpen issues, they're hoping to be sorted out. Where in the American League, you look at the Astros and you look at who's close to them. The Astros are clear-cut better than the Yankees. They're clear-cut better than the Indians. Where if the Cubs and Dodgers match up in a series, I, I could make the case that the Cubs win a series. Yeah, I think it felt like the Dodgers, all, being a 74-win team, kind of makes it to where you don't have to make a move, but they also kind of had to make a move. Where the Astros, did they have to make a move? I, I don't feel like they did. I, I'm more upset probably at some other teams than I am the Astros for not making a move. Like who? Like the Indians. I thought they could have done a little bit more. Like what? They probably could have gotten Sonny Gray. Yeah, but you have to give up what? You, you, it would probably have started with Francisco Mejia. No way. No, I, 
I don't. I get. I, if, I get if that was the asking price, why you walk away. But look at what the Yankees gave up. I the Yankees think the, didn't give up their number one. Right. Nobody so the Indians have one. that in their system to have been able to got, get him. Right, but if nobody else was paying that price, I mean, I wouldn't have even started there if I was the Indians. But you don't um, think the A's would have? The A's would have started with Mejia. Well, the A's would have taken anybody's number one. Could they have gotten you Darvish? Who? The Indians? Uh, possibly, but I don't know that, you know, is I, I think the Indians are the best team in the American League when it comes to a playoff series. And I think that they will – my preseason pick was the Nationals and the Indians because I thought that those teams, when it came to a five- and seven-game series um, – those are the ones that that I think are built the best. I think a lot of the questions for the Indians are, you know, is Danny Salazar, can he be that, that starting pitcher? I think the Indians probably win the World Series last year if Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar are healthy. And so maybe they, they wanted that. Maybe Darvish gives them that extra starting pitcher to, to give them some insurance with, with Corey Kluber at the top. But I think overall, for the most part, the – the Indians are fine. I still think that they're built the best for a seven-game series. Do you also have a lot of faith in Francona? Is that a part of it? That you've yeah, seen yeah, that him do it before? Yeah, that doesn't hurt. I think I don't. I don't know that that. I don't know that that's my thought. That hey, we have a good manager, so we don't have to get him more good players. No, no, no. But in in those in those situations where you have to make a tough decision, Francona has shown he's made the right decision before. So that 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 could be a reason why you say I like the Indians because. I know there's going to be pressure situations throughout this playoff series, and I trust, I've seen it before, that Terry Francona will make the right decisions. Yeah, I mean, that certainly helps. I still, I think when you, or when I look at it, it's still roster construction for me is what's going to make the difference um, in a, in a post-game series. I mean, if, if there are two evenly matched teams and it's Terry Francona on one side and somebody that's not good at their job on the other side, then... Yeah, I'll give the edge to Francona, but ultimately I still think players matter. And last year the Cubs were the most talented team, mm-hmm. and they won. So Joe Madden made some mistakes down the stretch. They still won. So ultimately it just comes down to players for me. I also thought the Red Sox could have done more. The Red Sox are an interesting one because, again, was there a perfect piece out there? Well, what would you say their biggest need was if you were running the Red Sox? What would you have gone out and got? It kind of depends on Sonny Gray. Or not Sonny Gray. It depends on David Price. They think David Price will be back. If he's not, you have a huge void in that number two spot. Mm, yeah. So but but are you going to get – because you're not – even if – I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on how long David Price is out. But if you feel like David Price is going to be back at some point, don't you go out and get a middle-tier starting pitcher? You don't have to go for Sonny Gray or you Darvish. Um, not necessarily because I feel like they have those. So you say if they if they were going to make a move, it would need to have been for you, Darvish, and Sonny Gray. Now they did make a move. They went out and got Addison Reed. They got a reliever that they liked a ton. Yeah. So you make your bullpen better. You go into the playoffs with Chris Sale, uh, David Price. But see, that's you run into a problem there because, and and it, I think it's a little bit overblown. But David Price struggles in the postseason. You gave him two hundred seventeen million. You can't really worry about that now. No, but you, you can't. You but can't you can look, pick you up an insurance at policy at the deadline. You can't pick up an insurance policy for your two hundred million dollars starter. It's but it's hey. Small but he's hurt. Sa- but he's hurt too. Size. If you want to bring up a starter because he's hurt, that's one thing. I, I think it's a combination of things. It's he's hurt, 
And if he if he comes back, he's going to ha- be stopping and starting, right? He stopped and started a couple times this year, right? Because they thought he was going to be ready in spring training. Then he got shut down. He didn't start the year. Then he came up. He's been pitching for a while. Now he's stopping again. All right, so he can't get into a flow. So you're going to have a guy who can't get into a flow, who's been hurt multiple times this year, who in the back of his mind is probably thinking about the postseason. I get it. You spent $217 million on the guy. You have, you have to put confidence in him, but you also need to do it to the best interest of your baseball team. And factoring all of those things together, they probably could have gotten a starting pitcher. Look at you, Darvish. That is a, that's a one-time thing. That's a go for it this year. Try to catch the Yankees. Try to put ourselves in a position to win the division, not playing a one-game wildcard game. And at the end of the year, if it didn't work out, okay, we're not on the hook for you, Darvish. But you lose those pieces and I'm not sure that the Red Sox are as deep as they were well I know they're not as deep as they were before David Dombrowski got his hands on the system and and started sending guys away so and to be fair I mean you get Chris Sale um, you can't pass that up right so yeah I guess they could have used the starting pitcher Um, my question is who that starting pitcher would have been and at what cost right now you go into the postseason with Sale, Price, uh Hopefully Rick Porcello gives you something that looked like what he was last year, and hopefully Eduardo Rodriguez shows some sort of consistency because he's been a little inconsistent this year. You're going to need somebody to step up to be that third starter for you in the postseason because you're going to go in there, and if if what you believe, and when I say you, I mean the Red Sox, believe about David Price being healthy is accurate, you're going in with Salem Price. That's as good of a one-two punch. You take take your chances. You take the guy that won the Cy Young and and put him in the pen? Oh, that's – I mean – Okay, let me ask you this question. They got Addison Reed. Do they try to do what the Indians and the Royals have done? Do they try to make the game shorter? Yeah, I think that's what every is team's going to do. If, if you're not starting Chris Sale, if you're not starting – even if you are starting David Price, maybe. Do you piggyback Porcillo with somebody? Do you try to do that in a game? It might end up being that. But I think that's the way that the playoffs are going anyway, that outside of your top two guys, I mean – if the, if the Cubs make the playoffs, I can see Jake Arrieta having four-inning starts in the playoffs before they get him out. I mean, because you, you don't know what Jake Arrieta you're going to get. So I don't know what starting pitcher is safe from being pulled in the fifth inning Clayton in the playoffs. Kershaw. Right. So, I mean, Alex Wood, 1.5 ERA, whatever he has, He's not immune from getting pulled we, in the fifth. Can we go back to the Dodgers for a second? Sure. Because I've, I've seen the, the presentation of the World Series trophy to them after getting you Darvish, and I think that's a little overblown because I remember two years ago a Dodgers team that had Zach Greinke and Clayton Kershaw both on it lose in a five-game series to the New York Mets. Yeah, I think we're smart enough to know that it doesn't matter who the Dodgers got, what any team got. Nobody in baseball is guaranteed a championship, so I don't even know that I want to entertain that discussion because we're smart enough to know that that's not the case. No, no, I I agree with you, but I just saw a lot of it yesterday of like, oh, the Dodgers got you, Darvish, they're winning the championship, let's just give them the trophy. And I'm just like, can we pump the brakes on that? Like, they had – would you say that the year that Granke had that year, along with Clayton Kershaw, is better than Kershaw this year and Darvish? Was that a better yeah. one? Two, was a better one-two punch two years ago than it was yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, their lineup might be better because of Seager and Bellinger and Turner playing out of his mind. Yeah, that's certainly a better one-two. But I think that's just that's just heat of the moment. I mean, I, I, know, I just don't like it. I well, just I just don't like it. The other team in the National League, the the Nationals, they revamped their bullpen. I think that when you have 
Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez is your one, two, three. You have the new three guys in the bullpen, uh, Madsen, Doolittle, Kinsler. That's a with their lineup, I think that you can make the argument that they are the best team built for the playoffs. And maybe that's me sticking to my preseason prediction too much. No, you were with me when I made my preseason prediction. Do you remember what it was? Did I have the Dodgers in the World Series? No, I think you said Giants. I did not say the Giants. I know I have the Indians the on the Giants Amer- and the Twins, I think. The Giants and the Twins? Yeah, it sounds like me. It sounds like something I would say. I think I had the Indians and the Dodgers. I think. I'll have to go back and try to find it because I was thinking about this this morning. Because I look at the Nationals, and their lineup is, is loaded. They, they just have so much talent that can produce runs a, a, on any night. And Gio last night looked really good in almost throwing a no-hitter. The one thing you worry about him is when he starts losing his command and he gets squeezed by the ump, he loses. He just he goes crazy. He gets angry and just loses himself, and command goes all over the place, and then he's giving up six walks, and he's out of the game in like four innings. That's the only issue with Gio Gonzalez I have. He's dominant when he's on, but the moment he's getting squeezed by an ump or he walks somebody and he gets frustrated, he, he blows up on the mound. Yeah, but I think... And I don't trust Dusty Baker to make any competent bullpen decisions in the postseason. Well, yeah, I, th- I think... They don't have a true closer. I don't know that you need a quote-unquote true closer. But you, you need a guy th- that you can trust to get them... You have three capable people that have all done it before. Yeah, but is Ryan Matson really going to get you quality outs in the postseason? He can. He's done it before. Uh, Sean Doolittle? I, I, I don't know. I, I like those moves, but I just you're don't too, think they're enough. You're too focused on the, the closer. No, 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 I'm not. Because I'm, I'm very anti you need the closer in the ninth inning thing. But you need a guy that's... You just gonna, said it. No, you need a guy that's going to get you the most important outs, whether that's in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning. Do they have that? Or any of those three guys dominated enough like Andrew Miller was last year. Well, they're not, they're not Andrew Miller. They're not Chapman. They're they, not they Kenley Jansen. But they're still good. So if you can't have those three, now you have three good options. I, I'm just not as high on those options as you are. But I well, like him better than what they had set up two months ago. Don't get me wrong. Two months ago, that was a revolving door. I think it's much more stable. I just don't think they have a dominant guy that they're going to go to on a consistent basis. I think it's going to be a rotation. And maybe that works. Maybe that works for those three guys. Yeah, they, I don't think one of these guys is going to be pitched to winnings every game like Kenley Jansen might be. But I don't think that they have to be either. No, as long as they're consistent enough and they trust all three of those guys. Right. Once they lose, if, if one of those guys struggles at any point in the postseason, I, I think that's when you're going to start to see the cracks in the armor. The, the last team in the National League didn't, or I guess Justin Wilson, Alex Avila, sort of at the deadline deadline. Uh, but Jose Quintana, the Chicago Cubs, adding Quintana, adding Wilson, adding Avila. Where, to me, I think that they're still the third best team in the National League when it comes to a playoff series. And it's really about the starting rotation. Quintana and Lester are your top two, but Jake Arrieta is kind of the ultimate wild card, which seems crazy because of how good he was the last two years. But I just don't know that you you know exactly what you're going to get from Arietta. The bullpen is very good now with Justin Wilson, Wade Davis at the end. I think there's a lot of versatility in the pen. Um, Hector Rondon pitching much better now. Uh, you still have Mike Montgomery. And that was I – w- I wanted to bring this up. With the Astros getting Liriano, kind of a under-the-radar, not-great move, but the Cubs did that with Montgomery when they picked up him. It wasn't a, a splashy move by, by any means, but – he got them out of some jams in the postseason. Right, he's a swingman, a lefty, yeah. can start, do all that. So 
I think the Liriano move can be similar to the, the uh, Montgomery move. But anyway, back to the Cubs. I think there are they have more question marks in their starting rotation than the Dodgers and the Nationals do, which makes me, which gives me pause for them. However, they can shorten the games with a very deep bullpen. Uh, but where do you think that they stand? I am skeptical of them a little bit, and I, and I wonder if it has a lot to do with the way they played in the first half of the season, because certainly the way they're playing now, they have put the Milwaukee Brewers in the rearview mirror in the National League Central. I just think it's a question of consistency with them. If they can down the stretch over the next two months, show that, hey, we're going to get quality starts every night from our guys, or most nights from our guys, and our lineup's going to turn it around, and, and we're going to get consistency from them on a night-in-night-out basis. I think that, that, yeah, you're probably right. They're the third best team in, in the National League, but I can see them winning against any of those other two teams, the Dodgers and the Nationals, because of the way they're constructed with their lineup. Yeah, their, their lineup is as good when they play to their abilities as those other two, and again, anything can happen in the playoffs. That's a, the playoffs are a crapshoot. I mean, if you're if your team... And, and it's even more of a crapshoot if you're, let's say, the Diamondbacks or the Rockies because you're going to have to play a one-game playoff and then go into the, the postseason, which is just it's a, it's a coin flip. I mean, you can have the best roster construction in the world, but you let a game slip away in a series, and that can change everything. So I, I, I don't like this thought of, yeah, the Dodgers won the trade deadline or the Cubs didn't do enough, so they're not going to be able to win a series. When we get to the postseason, it, it's literally going to be a guess. Because the Dodgers are, are probably going to be the clear favorite going into the, the postseason. We have no idea. I mean, I think the Cubs have a legitimate chance. I think the Nationals have a legitimate chance. I think you can make a case for any of the teams in the National League, despite how good the Dodgers are, because of the crapshoot nature of the postseason. Do you think either of the Dodge or the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, what, what chances would you give them? I don't necessarily love the Rockies away from Coors Field. I know that's very cliche of me to say. I think the Diamondbacks, with and this sorely depends on the health of Robbie Ray, with Greinke and Robbie Ray pitching the way they have this year, and Taiwan Walker being a very good number three pitcher, they have a bullpen because they had a David Hernandez who's been pitching really well for the Angels this year. They go, they go him, Bradley, and I think what you're going to see in the postseason if they get past the Rockies is Archie Bradley is going to be this year's Andrew Miller, and he is coming in every every game, and it could be for two innings. He's going to be in there getting every important out for this baseball team. And I think with, with him and David Hernandez and Fernando Rodney, they have a bullpen that can shorten the game a little bit. And who knows, maybe you throw Patrick Corbin back there as well with Ruby De La Rosa. you got options. That's a deep bullpen with a lineup that's very good that added J.D. Martinez, who is going to probably hit 20, 25 home runs before the season's over. So I, I like their chances. I don't think I'd pick them, but I'd like their chances. I try not to be... Homer-ish because I see him every day. Yeah, I talk about him every day, so I, I think I may be a little bit of a homer with this one. And it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to watch him every day because I, I use this example whenever I talk about this. But I'll watch, for example, Chris Herman. I'll watch Chris Herman play every day, and I'm like, man, Chris Herman has been doing really well. And then I look at his numbers, and he's hitting 180, and I'm like, oh, Chris Herman's not doing really well, but. The, seeing his walk-off hits and seeing his mm-hmm. lead-off home runs and, and seeing, remembering those plays. And I think that there is some, the results haven't been good with Chris Herman, but I think there's some bad luck in there too. But, you know, earlier in the year, it's like, man, Chris Owings has, like, he is, he's really good. And I think it takes a while for the national media or national 
to to catch up to that Mm -hmm. because they're not seeing it every day. But at the same time, I don't want to be stuck in that bubble. With that being said, Granke, Robbie Ray, Taiwan Walker, pretty good. With Patrick Corbin going to the bullpen, I mean, that was an idea that I think some people floated last year, that why don't you look at Patrick Corbin as your Andrew Miller type? So in that situation, maybe you keep Zach Godley as your four starter. He's been so good this year for them. As your four starter as needed in the playoffs. You go Corbin in the bullpen, Bradley, um, Ruby De La Rosa, who, if healthy, I think can be. A you really have good. an irrational love. For Is it Ruby irrational? De La Rosa. Have we seen enough for him to for it to become rational? I think that have we be seen like... enough for it to be irrational? Yes. Debatable. If you haven't seen enough, I think it's irrational because you don't have a basis. The other thing I think that they should do, and I think that they will do, is Anthony Bonda put him in the bullpen. I have called this like what they did, what the Rays did with David Price a couple years ago. So now you have an extremely deep bullpen that can really shorten games, mix and match. I think that, and with their offense, I think that they can cause some teams some problems. And maybe some of the deficiencies in terms of, because I think we're talking in terms of relievers quantity over quality with some of them. But I think their lineup is so good. I mean, it's got two all-stars in it with a bunch of other talent that's really good that have been all-stars in the past that there's enough there offensively where they can outscore you even if you're throwing a really good pitcher at them. They can put up some runs to keep them in a, in a baseball game. So I, I think they're going to be – here's what I'll say. I think they're going to be a trendy pick come October as a sleeper in the, in the postseason. As, hey, this team could surprise some people and make a deep run. Well, the reality is – how many sleeper options are there? The Cubs, Nationals, Dodgers yeah. aren't sleepers. So you're either picking the Rockies or the Diamondbacks. So you're picking a wild card team as your sleeper. So good prediction. I'm not saying I was going to do it. I'm saying that I think people are going to do it. Um, let's hit, Let's go to just touch on the American League real sure. quick with the Yankees move. Um, I love what the Yankees did. Yeah, I think that they moved some high, some high risk, high reward guys. Um, in Fowler, if he comes back from his knee or leg injury. Uh, Caprellian. Caprellian, if he comes back from Tommy John. Again, that seems to be most people do. Do you find it a little shocking? And maybe this is me, and maybe I don't have the, a list of trades in front of me where this has happened, but two injured players in a trade. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't couldn't know. remember the last time that had happened. That, that was a shock to me. Despite them being prospects, and they're very high-ceiling prospects, but to trade two players that are out for the year and one that has a, a – I get it. Like players come back from Tommy John, I think it's what eighty percent of the time they come back. But that's a huge risk to give up Sonny Gray for a guy that you have no idea. He's I think, not. I think he's it's not in your system. Of, he's not seeing your medical staff. It's the kind of risk that Oakland has to take. They have to take those guys that maybe they wouldn't get if if Fowler's healthy. Um, if Ka- what Caprellian? Yeah, Caprellian. Caprellian. James Caprellian. I'm going to say that wrong a couple yeah, times. I know. If, it's Tay Oscar Hernandez, by the way. Isn't that what I said? I, you may have. I don't remember. I just wanted to help you. I out. wasn't sure if, if Hernandez was his last name or not. Yeah. It's, oh, you, so you it was the last name that you were concerned about, not the right. Teoscar part. No, I knew that part. Okay. Not many Teoscars out there. there I, I, there's only one that I know of, and he plays for the Blue Jays now. Uh, all right. I don't, want, I don't mean to sidetrack you, but I got one more thing for you. The A's did a much better job here than they did with the Josh Donaldson trade, right? Well, in hindsight. No, at the time, I didn't think that was a good trade either. At the time... Donaldson wasn't what he was. I mean, he was still good. He's still good, and they didn't get a whole lot back. That's in hindsight. You got okay. What'd I, you get back? Kendall Graven. 
who thought didn't they get um, their Barreto. current shortstop? Barreto. No, no, no. Their current shortstop. Marcus Simeon. Yeah. No, that was White Sox. That was Jeff Smarge, I think. I thought he. Okay, maybe you you're the right. Your computer, look it up. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, but I think while well, you looked that up, I think that the Yankees made. I mean, th- they really traded from depth. I don't know that a ton of people are high on Mateo. I think it's it's kind of 50-50. Fowler, the injury, Caprelli and the injury. But they were high on Fowler because he got called up. He got hurt in a big league game. So that just shows you how high the Yankees were on him. Well, yeah, he was close. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if, if he comes back from that injury, he's a major league ready player. Well, yeah, if he comes back. Yeah. But you had I, to trade somebody good. What I what I'm looking at this from the A's perspective because I think a lot of people are giving the A's some some flack for what they got back in this deal. Fowler is probably a guy that if he if he's healthy, come spring training next year, he's on their opening day roster. He's a guy that they consider a starter. Yeah, I, I don't know how the timeline uh, matches up with his injury. I'm, I'm guessing they'll go slow with it. There will be no reason to rush him when you're the the A's. So what's the trade? So the trade was Brett Lowry. He was surprisingly bad. Kendall Graveman. Supposed to be good. Sean Nolan, left-hander. Yeah, sure. I just shrugged my shoulders at that. And then Franklin Beretta. Yeah. Not, and, not, and not a good trade in hindsight. And what was Donaldson at the time? Uh, let me I, – I, hold on. Let me find Donaldson's numbers at the time. Donaldson, 28, batted 255 with 29 home runs and 98 RBIs in 158 games this past season and was named to his first all-star team. Uh, in four seasons in the majors, all with Oakland, he had a 268 batting average, 63 home runs, and 22, uh, 228 RBIs. Now, I will say, at the time he was traded, it looks like, he was only behind Mike Trout in wins above replacement over the, over the past two seasons when this article was written in 2014. So he was a pretty good player. Yeah. But that trade... And they didn't get a lot back for him. Not yet. We'll see what happens with Barreto. Yeah. So, both like the Yankees trade, whatever. Yes. Well, uh, I like the Yankees' entire trade deadline. Because I think that I think we forgot we forget about the Todd Frazier move and mm-hmm. the, the relievers that they picked up there. I like what they did. Because did, they didn't give up just a Sheffield. They didn't give up Clint Frazier. They kept Torres. Like, they kept the big guys, the guys that we always talk about. So, they still have an influx of young talent that they can infuse into this roster next year if things kind of go south. Like if they need a boost in the middle of the season where, where they maybe take a step backwards from this year, okay, Torres, you're coming up, you're playing shortstop every day. Uh, three teams, four teams four I want to touch on before we end this. We're at 35 minutes. This is a record for us. Um, it's also the first time, so, That's yeah. Right. So we're setting records. The, the Braves didn't make a move. Uh, I thought that they were – Well, hold on. They traded Jaime Garcia. The Braves didn't make a move, so – they didn't go out and get a controllable starting pitcher. They didn't move Matt Adams. They didn't move Brandon Phillips. Um, I'm not surprised that they didn't get a starting pitcher. I think that they are going to be in on all of those. But specifically Sonny Gray, to have him for two more years doesn't make as much sense as Quintana, which was three more years. It doesn't match up with their timeline where next year maybe they think that they are wild card contenders. Um, and at least it's bad. They could, if they right. make some, some good moves, they could potentially be the second best team in that division. So, maybe this off season it happens. Uh, maybe next trade deadline we'll see. But I'm not surprised that they didn't do anything uh, with Ozzy Alves coming up now. I imagine that they will try to find something to do with Phillips, uh, Brandon Phillips. I don't know that you can just 
drop a guy that's hitting 290, hitting second, and playing well. I mean, I know that people don't want to admit that Brandon Phillips has been good for them and hitting well and playing well, but he is. And so I don't know that you can just dump DFA him. that guy? Right. Um, is he an August trade candidate? Probably. Uh, they have to make room for Albies. If they bring Dansby back up, you have Johan Camargo. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of infield depth there all of a sudden. So I don't buy into Brandon Phillips blocking them necessarily. Um, but there has to be the front office of the manager have to get on the same page of okay, is Ozzy coming up? He's playing every day, or he's not playing every day, or what exactly is the plan? Because I think Brian Snitker's job. Or what Brian Snicker, the manager, wants to do is win. win. So how is he going to bench his 290 second baseman unless he's told? So uh, any quick thoughts on the Braves' activity, inactivity? I think they're going to be very active, like you said, this offseason, because I think you're going to see a lot of teams active. I, I said this to you outside before we came in here to record. I'm very intrigued by this year's winter meetings because I think that you're going to see a lot of teams go the trade route instead of the free agency route to try to keep as as much money as they can freed up for the 2018 trade the the 2018 offseason where all those guys are free agents. I can't even list all of them. That's how many are free agents. How many big names there are. I think you're going to see teams not throw money for five-year deals at guys this offseason in free agency. I think you're going to see, all right, I'll trade for this guy who's on an expiring contract because he helps me, and if it doesn't work, guess what? I have free money to spend a million dollars on Bryce Harper in two years. I, I just really think the trade market's going to be very active uh, this offseason, and I think the Braves are going to be a big part of it. The Milwaukee Brewers didn't, I mean, they got a, they got a reliever. They brought back Jeremy Jeffress. Um, that trade looks so bad for the Rangers. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The reliever the, trade? The Lucroy Jeffries trade? Oh. Well, yeah. I know hindsight, but just, that's bad. Um, Lucroy was one of the best catchers. They gave up Brinson, and they got back in return a prospect and a player to be named later. So, anyway, with, with Milwaukee, I was surprised they didn't go get a starter, where even if it's not Sonny Gray, which I think maybe they should have they paid up to do that. Um, you could have included a Corey Ray, um, maybe a Jonathan VR. Who knows? Um, I think that they may, they should have looked at that maybe a little harder. Uh, but bring in some kind of starting pitching depth because you're still only two and a half back. You got some bullpen reinforcements. You have a, a young, exciting, potentially powerful lineup. Get some starting pitching depth because that's I think where their biggest need was. Even if it was getting involved in Jaime Garcia or finding some, you know, Marco Estrada where he's not pitching very well, so go get him for cheap from Toronto, get some sort of depth there at least. I think that they messed up by not doing that. Francisco Liriano is another name that they could have gotten. Yeah. I mean, uh, just, there were options out there on the second tier of starting pitchers available at the deadline. And then the last team, or two more teams. One, Detroit, we talked about this before. I think Detroit needs to pick a side of the rebuild. Do they want to clear money or do they want to get – players back if they want to clear money then you need to dump some of these guys and get little in return if you want to get prospects back tell a team we'll pay 40 million of Verlander's deal give us somebody good back I think there is a they're going to make that clear distinction this offseason when there are more teams available 
And if they pay, let's say, 40 of the $56 million owed to Justin Verlander over the next two years, and yes, he does have a vesting option for a third season if he finishes top five of the American League Cy Young voting in 2019, but you get him for two years, $8 million a season, I, I can tell you, there'll be a lot of contenders lining up at the door to get that, that price tag for that caliber of a starting pitcher. So I think you're going to see the Tigers make that decisive decision in the offseason and be very active. And then my last team... Um... Probably the most disappointing trade deadline, in my opinion, would be the St. Louis Cardinals because you have to pick one side or the other, and they didn't do anything. You have depth outfielders that you could have moved, and maybe you don't move them because there's not a lot of people buying outfielders. You have Lance Lynn, who I think could have gotten something. I mean, the Brewers looking for a... Uh, uh, a rental, yeah. a rental starter. That would have been a fit. You know, forget the trading in the division thing. Lance Lynn, I think, could have gotten something. Trevor Rosenthal in the bullpen, uh, his value has to be pretty high at this point. The way that he's been pitching lately, um, the Nationals seem to have would have made a lot of sense there. So I think by doing nothing, it's it's bad, especially because John Mazeliak had been saying the last month, like. There needs to be an urgency where the timing is going to be right, blah, blah, blah. We have to be aggressive. And then they weren't. Yeah, I, they're in, you and I have talked about this, I think, off air and gotten into a heated argument over it. They're in a weird spot, kind of like a purgatory type thing, where they're balancing. They have a roster that's, like, okay but not good enough to win, but they don't have anybody in the system that can help them win, so you kind of have to go for it and trade what little you do have to try to go for it. But if you... Go for it and miss. Like, what do you have left to do? It's weird. I, I would hate to be in their situation. Yeah, they're in a tough spot. I think they have to kind of pick, and they're afraid to pick the rebuild, but I think that they not, – not even necessarily rebuild because they just spent $85 million on Dexter Fowler. Um, what, how much money on Mike Leake? Mike Leake, Yadier Molina. So, But you have to pick some sort of – this could have been a transition. If you decide, look, we're just not good enough this year – Let's use this second half as kind of a transition into next year. I saw or, rep- I saw a report that they offered Piscotty in a deal for Sonny Gray. Yeah, Jeff Passan um, had that. The other part is you look at this year and say, okay, we're a handful of games behind. Let's go for it because maybe next year we're not as close because the Cubs or Brewers are really good and we can't keep up. So I yeah. just think you had to pick either transition to next year, or you say we're three, four, five, whatever it is, games back. Let's let's make some kind of move to try to make that push. I think one of the worst things you can do as an as a general manager or a front office of any sports organization is be indecisive. I think you need to pick one way or the other. Are we a team that's competing, or are we a team that's rebuilding? And commit to that idea. There's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, this isn't working. We're going to tear it down and restart." It, it, it sucks, and yes, your job's on the line. But if you commit to a philosophy you more than likely will be able to see it at least somewhat to fruition where if you are indecisive here and the next couple of years you're just kind of middle of the road and you don't make a decision one way or the other, you may not have a job. Yeah, so that's all I've got for for this. Do you have any other final closing parting thoughts? No, trade deadline was crazy. You Darvish getting traded in the last 20 minutes of the deadline was pretty... uh... I thought the trade deadline was kind of boring. Really? Yeah. I thought it was... I mean, yeah, I don't think there were a lot of big names, but I thought I, I, I saw a lot of teams make a move for something they thought that they needed, and, yeah, they, they tried to get better. So we'll, we'll do this again Friday. We'll have John Heyman on to discuss his inside baseball, which you can find on FanRag Sports every Thursday. Otherwise, Chris, Tommy, catch Friday.